A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. Talk radio. Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Good morning to you. It's Tuesday the 5th of May. You're listening to Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio, broadcasting to you from my home once again on day 43 of the lockdown. We are into week 7, folks. Coming up, everyone in Britain will be told to download a track and trace app to save lives and get the country back to work. The government's planning a nationwide campaign to persuade most of the country to use it, which people on the Isle of Wight began to use in a trial last night. I'll talk to the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, about all of that in the next 15 minutes. Meanwhile, more than half of Britain's adult population is being paid by the state. 27 million people are now receiving some money from the government. And Chancellor Rishi Sunak admitted the cost was clearly not a sustainable solution and said that Britain must get back to work. After seven, I'll look at how your workplace will need to adapt in order to open up and help ease the lockdown. Also, could your weight be more of a significant factor than your age when it comes to suffering from coronavirus? And Labour leader Sakir Starmer is calling for a national consensus on the next phase of coronavirus response. He's laid out the seven core principles that should be considered by the government as part of its planning for what happens next. Plus, there's been a surge in anxiety over money worries since the lockdown started. Are you one of them? More on this later in the show. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer. Weekday mornings from 6.30 on Talk Radio. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Delighted to be joined now by the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. You're very well indeed. It's almost you're never off our TV screens at the moment. Good to get you up early to uh, uh, to hear from you here on Talk Radio. Let's talk about your test, track and trace app. Started those trials in the Isle of Wight last night. Everyone's been told to download the app on their smartphone. If the trials go well, you're going to expand this across the whole nation. A lot of people asking, though, why you're using an app that is very different from that used in, say, Ireland, Germany and elsewhere in Europe um, and that may not be compatible. How is that going to enable us to go and travel in the future? Well, there's lots of countries that are developing apps and developing them, each developing them in different ways. It may be that if you want to travel to a country, they may say, please download our app. Uh, But these things are not exclusive. And we talk to uh, lots of other countries about how we uh, develop the apps. The most important thing is that here um, people should download the app because that will help us to 
protect the NHS and save lives. And and by getting the R down, the reproductive rate of the virus, it will it will it'll help to stem the spread. I mean, some people were concerned about the issue of privacy. Um, I have to say, as my guest Eric myself this morning pointing out that actually, you know, quite happy to give a bit of privacy, to give a bit of privacy stuck in our homes day in, day out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. um, other tracing apps, um, the, the idea is that there's no centralised database. You want to have a centralised database. You want to have an idea of, of, of where there are outbreaks around the country. How significant is that? How important is that for you? Well, we do because that helps us to manage the, manage the, the pandemic. Because if you can if you can see where people are reporting that they've got that they've got symptoms, then you can see where there might be outbreaks and you can go and and really focus in on that. So that is an important feature of it. Um, And it means that in the same way that at the moment, if you have symptoms, you can put them in on the NHS website. And many, many people do. And that helps us. Just by asking people uh, their postcode, not their full address, their postcode, it just helps us spot where in the country there might be a problem bubbling up. You know, so there might be a, an outbreak in, I don't know, some, uh, you know a town somewhere in, uh, and we can then go and send in the public health experts, uh, make sure that in that area we really, really grip it so that it doesn't spread more broadly. So that is an important feature of it. Okay. Now, I, I know that you gave good reasons, uh, as did the chief medical officer and the chief scientific advisor, about why you abandoned the the testing and tracing uh, during in mid March when the, the, the basically ex, it, there was an explosion of uh, uh, infections. Um, in hindsight, looking back now, do you think it was a mistake for the government not to continue that testing and tracing regime in mid March? Well, I think that's a bit. It's not quite how. It was at the time because um, on testing, we were constantly increasing the number of tests. The problem was that the epidemic spread faster than the growth in the number of tests. So it wasn't that we um, abandoned it in any way. It's just that the epidemic, because it was doubling every every three to five days, it just it got ahead of the number of tests. Um, and we've been ramping up the tests, as you know, as fast as we can. And, uh, you know, I, I set an ambitious goal of getting to 100,000 tests by the end of last month, which we've hit. Um, and we've now got that capacity. It's it's going to keep growing. Uh, but we've got the very large scale capacity to do the testing. Um, and also, when you're when you've got the um, virus um, in large scale in the country and lots of new cases, this sort of technology doesn't work as well as when you've got a relatively small number of new cases. And as we were talking about before, with the with the you know, if it pop, where where you see a case pop up, you immediately get in there, get uh, contact the people that that person's been in contact with, uh, make sure that they know what to do, um, and make sure that that they uh, they stop passing it on to anybody else. Um, and and that way, you really try to uh, to grip all of the new cases. Um, and that approach can work when the number of new cases is relatively low. And um, we did it at the start, as you said, um, and and um, now we can do it because the social distancing is working. But it, it, um, it's, can I also know, it's, ask you? 
Apologies, it. apologies. Difficult doing this on 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 the lines across the country, of course. Um, can I ask you uh, about um, uh, some, the Imperial College modelling that we have been using for the government's uh, 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 plan to you know, put us into lockdown? Um, that modelling, exactly the same modelling uh, they did for many other countries, under the Imperial College modelling that we are using, which predicted you know up to possibly five hundred thousand death toll here if we yeah. didn't go into lockdown. That modelling predicted forty thousand deaths in Sweden if they didn't go into lockdown by the start of May. The actual number of deaths is now under 2,700. It's the same modelling that we're using in this country. Is it possible that we could have not gone into a full lockdown and we could have instead done the social distancing that Sweden has done and still have escaped without a death toll in the hundreds of thousands? Well, the um, there's two answers to that question. The first is um, that I'm sure that afterwards there'll be a big uh, look back at all of these things, but you have to act as a minister with the information that you got at the time. And clearly, the, the, we could see the number of deaths rising. It wasn't like this was just some model on a piece of paper. You know, we could we could we could see it happening. And the second is that actually in Sweden they basically have gone into a broadly similar lockdown. Um, it's uh, they haven't they're not policing it in quite the same way. But Sweden's quite a different country, and um, and 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 the measures that the population have taken, looking abroad at what's going on abroad, have been actually remarkably similar to other countries. And do you think overall, when we do come back, and then you know there's going to be inquiries, and we're going to have comparisons of death tolls across uh, the, the the Europe and across the world, do you think that Britain will come out favourably? Well, I certainly think that um, compared that. that Compared to the other northern European countries, well, European countries, really, um, we have had we've been in a similar situation. You've got to look at the you've got to look at some of the underlying reasons. Um, For instance, there's evidence that uh, the impact of um, there's early evidence of the impact of obesity on the on your likelihood of getting very serious conditions uh, and uh, entering intensive care. Um, there's also you've got to look at the de- population density because this spreads more quickly in the more densely populated countries. Um, so you've got to look at all of these things. I think that when you just look at the raw figures as a proportion of the population, it's true that Europe has had a tough time of it, uh, and uh, several countries in Europe have got a tough, t- have, uh, you know, have had a tough time of it. But the key question that I ask, uh, you know, as I said many times on this. Uh, in our discussions on this program, um, is I get out of the morning, morning and think, what do we do now? What do we do next? Yes. And there'll be a time for reflection. Absolutely. Just finally, I know you have to leave. It's gone seven o'clock. Uh, but uh, yesterday, the Department of Health put out a uh, tweet saying there's emerging evidence to suggest the coronavirus may be having a disproportionate impact on some ethnic groups as well as certain genders. Yeah. Can you tell me? Men. Certain it's gen- men. Yes. Well, yes. It's there's men. a little bit of men. a concern that men. the Department of Health might not know that there are only two genders. I think that I think um, we'll be having discussions, but we have with uh, with the uh, in, in the department. But there's a um, it's you know there are just to the last point, right? Uh, men are more likely to die of this disease than women, and we need to understand much more about why that's the case. Online on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Your phone will tell you uh, that uh, you're uh, that you may be in contact with someone who's now tested positive for coronavirus, and whether you need to get yourself tested and self-isolate unless or until you know you're safe. Uh, this one will actually allow the government to know uh, that uh, that you have uh, tested positive, even though of course it doesn't actually know who you are. They'll be have a, they'll have a picture across the country of where there are outbreaks, but of course uh, this may well be a price we pay. Uh, to get out of, well, losing a bit of privacy uh, to uh, lose the privacy of lockdown. Well, let's talk about this and all the other developments on the medical side of things with Professor Carol Sakura. He's former chief of the cancer programme at the World Health Organisation. He's dean of medicine at the University of Buckingham now. Good morning to you, Carol. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Um, what do you make of this uh, test, track and trace app? Uh, do you think it's going to work to help us uh, not just get out of lockdown quicker, but also to keep us safer? It's a good idea, I have to say. I'm cynical that it'll actually work. It can only work effectively if we get 60% of the population using it. Now, people of my age struggle to download anything onto their smartphone and have to give the children the phone to play with it to get things inserted. Hold on a minute. How old, how old are you? <laughs> my 77-year-old mum has no problem downloading apps. <laughs> so I have a, a problem with that. But if, if I do manage to download it, I will try. Uh, the problem is everybody has to use it. And I'm not sure the government has really got, a, got people's trust on this. Um, um, you know, the German model is different. Uh, the, for some reason, they didn't go down the route of Google and, uh, 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 and Apple. Apple. Uh, they wanted to devise their own. It's been devised by NHSX, which is the digital arm of the NHS, which is thriving now, despite all the problems with electronic patient records of the last decade. At last, they seem to be getting their act together. And I think... <laughs> I'm not sure that the take-up will be quite as expected. That's my feeling. 
Okay, again, I have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very trusting of um, governments and, and te technology, and I certainly believe in uh, uh, privacy and, and civil liberty and the like. But I have to say, in this scenario, I, I'll, I'll have more civil liberties and 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 uh, more privacy to make decisions in my own life um, if I've got this app. So I'm certainly going to download it, even even at those risks. Um, let's let's talk about though, you know, how we do come out of lockdown. Big debate at the moment about you know when the government's going to announce how we're going to ease it. Big discussion about the R number, the rate of of infection. Um, but there are also some big concerns about whether or not we need we needed to go into lockdown in the first place. And I raised this issue uh, with the uh, health secretary. And I've been very supportive of the lockdown. Um, and I think here at Talk Radio we have been, and vast majority of the country are supportive of the need for us to go into lockdown, and certainly for a, a short period of time, so the NHS could catch up and 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 build those extra resources. The Nightingale Hospital, thankfully, wasn't needed, and others. But um, there's been some. Uh, you know, a lot of this is based on the Imperial College model that predicted up to, if no action was taken, 500,000 deaths, or even real reasonable worst case scenario of 250,000 deaths. And yes, we've got a death toll now heading to, uh, uh, towards uh, uh, 30,000, but nothing in the same realm as, as the sort that could have been happening. But the Imperial College model also predicted what would happen in Sweden if they didn't have a formal lockdown. And they predicted 40,000 deaths by the 1st of May, and indeed by June, 100,000 deaths. Sweden so far has less than 2,700 deaths, dis and they've already passed their peak, despite the fact they didn't have a formal lockdown. And although lots of people are exercising social distancing very responsibly, uh, bars, cafes still open, businesses still operating. Does that suggest that we perhaps may have, for understandable reasons, followed a policy which which looked at a very worst-case scenarios that have turned out to be completely untrue, and we didn't have to go into a formal lockdown at all? It's a very good point. You know, I'm an oncologist, so what do I know about epidemiology? But you talk to 10 epidemiologists and they give you 10 different answers, as we saw with Imperial Oxford right at the beginning, uh, the spat between the two groups about the deaths and about the case numbers and so on. Sweden certainly went out on a limb. And you look at their data. I looked it up this morning and you look at our data. Sweden's done a lot better than we have and they've had no effective lockdown. Having said that, they are very disciplined. Scandinavians are very disciplined. You tell them you have to stay apart uh, and not go traveling, not do things. They do it immediately and they don't question it. It's sort of a consensus mentality of most Scandinavian countries, Sweden especially. Yeah, they, they also don't have a, a massive big city like London, a high density city. Exactly. And of course, they also have on, on average a better health uh, than uh, that we do here in the UK, much healthier, uh, much less problems with weight. Now, again, there's been lots of talk. Uh, we spoke earlier to Baroness Rosa Altman, who's very angry as a former former pensions minister about the idea of the elderly being left out of the lockdown release when it comes and uh, some nine million over 70s, many of whom perfectly healthy and uh, uh, being told they need to stay in their homes, which is her fear. Um, there's now a lot of evidence growing that actually it's not age as such that is a factor of, of for risking your, your health with the coronavirus. It's actually weight. And of course, we know weight and age are often associated together. But actually, it's obesity that's the biggest issue. Do you think that enough has been made of the obesity factor? We talk about diet diabetes mostly it's type 2 diabetes as a result of obesity should the government and should the health professionals be a bit more open with people and, and point out that obesity is really the biggest risk factor here the problem we've got into is people don't want to fat shame they don't want to get involved in the political incorrectness but right from the beginning it was clear you just need to look up who is being admitted to coronary care to critical care units and, and you can see that the average body mass index, which is the best indicator of obesity, was way above the average. I mean, it's pretty high on average in Britain now. It's uh, 70, about 60% of people are over the recommended size. And if you look at people in the critical care units, it was something like 80% 
were, were above, uh, had a BMI of above 25, which is a cutoff. So, yeah, it is that. It's also uh, related to males, smokers, pre-existing conditions. You know, if we had a, a blood test that could predict what would happen if you got coronavirus, we could make it precise. But there's plenty of very healthy 70-year-olds wandering around, me included, I like to think, uh, that is quite able to, to carry on without, any, uh, without being locked up. And I think that's the problem with this. Blanket bans on, say, no one over 70 is allowed on the streets, you'll be arrested and escorted back home if you dare leave your house, is not the way forward. It's got to be individual. And the same with workplace relocation, getting the workplace started. It's got to be individual. It's got to be assessment, assessing the risk. We all live in a risky world. World, and we all assess risks badly. So I'm frightened of plane traveling, even though I've obviously been more, on more flights than most people. I'm still scared. Uh, and yet across a road quite willingly, I'm more chance of being run over crossing the road than getting a plane. So, you know, everyone's conditioned to think of risk differently. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think, just finally, as the government is trying to ease us out of lockdown, I mean, the problem is, you know, we have taken to heart. Uh, I mean, it's a good thing we took to heart the lockdown. People, and in fact, people obeyed the lockdown perhaps far more than the government had predicted that we would, according to uh, some uh, internal memos that have been seen. Um, in, in which case, we've taken it to heart much, and now they're going to have to try and persuade us out of our homes, as a lot of people are very scared. Are you saying, really, we do need to perhaps, you know, weigh up uh, the risk? And again, if you are, you know, you are healthy, of a healthy weight, no underlying conditions, and you do exercise so we don't not talking about to going back to pubs and and you know just kissing people all the time. We are talking about maintaining social distancing for a very long time. But actually, we are at very low risk. Absolutely, we've got to get back. And people are really scared. I mean, you see them. I live in a nice little place outside London, and people on the streets are scared solid about what's happened. And some are more scared than others. I'm sort of fairly, I guess, having been a consultant in cancer for for 40 years now. You've seen it all, and you, you tend not to get scared. You just carry on. And uh, most doctors are the same. They've feel, seen illness, they've seen unhappiness, and all the rest of it. But I think we've got to get out of here. There's no point sort of saying it's, it's, it's dreadful, it, it's all doom and gloom. We've got to be positive and get moving. And we will get moving, there's no doubt. And the sooner the better. The real question is how fast we can get moving. So yeah, there are those that want to move tomorrow, and there are others that say we've got to do it really slow, won't be ready by Christmas, we'll have to go all that way. And the truth is somewhere in between. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to go to university at a time when not only did you not pay fees, you could still get a full maintenance grant, as I did. But the idea of paying nine grand to be sitting in your own home, uh, perhaps you know, at your parents' house, uh, with an online lesson, I think is going to put a lot of students uh, uh, off their, uh, their their university experience, isn't it? I mean, is it reasonable for the university sector to expect that? It's a very good question. There's a lot of people asking that question this morning. The, the government says it's reasonable for one important reason, which is there's bad online teaching and learning and there's good online teaching and learning. And when it's done really well, it's not just watching a few recorded lectures from last year. It's proper live access to your academics, learning from the, you know, the latest source material. And it should be like a real live experience on campus just delivered through your computer screen. Won't be so much fun for the students because you can't go nightclubbing and you can't go out and you can't socialise. But the quality of the education can, can sometimes be just as good online. 
It can, except, you know, people who've applied to go to university and spending nine grand plus a year uh, are not looking for the open university experience, are they? I mean, so much of university was, I mean, I can vaguely recall through the alcoholic haze, it uh, was about the socialising, it was about, you know, discovering new people and uh, and having all those experiences, wasn't it? Um, so uh, people are missing out an awful lot. And we know a lot of young people are being put off going to university altogether um, with the prospect of, uh, of paying, you know, large fees and not getting much of that experience. Well, look, it's nobody's preference, everybody's preference, whether it's the students who've been locked locked up over the summer or whether it's the universities to have students back on campus for Freshers' Week, you know, late September, early October this year. Um, They don't want to have to do all their teaching online. So this is an insurance policy in case it's not possible to get all your students on campus immediately at the beginning of the academic year but even where that does have to happen has to happen the hope is the students will will still be on campus a few weeks later so this is really about temporary hopefully a temporary yes. measure rather than a permanent yeah i think yeah again if it's just temporary a matter of weeks and that's a different matter entirely isn't it because we know the university sector is facing a massive problem they've asked for a two billion pound bailout largely because they uh, although they're reaping in a fortune from british students uh, they're making most of their money from uh, foreign students overseas students of course there's going to be a massive fallout from that uh, loads of their money they're charging far far more for the fees for those overseas students they're simply not coming they're not applying they're not going to be turning up and they're going to lose a fortune but uh, they want the government to bail them out well, you're absolutely right international students are the, the, they lubricate everything else that our universities do because they pay such high fees and if they can't come uh, in september october universities have a big problem um, but i actually think home students those british school leavers sitting at home this summer i think they'll they'll be keener than ever to go to university oh good lord yes <laughs> the options you know there aren't there won't it won't you won't be able to hop on a plane and go and do a gap year somewhere exciting there won't be that many jobs around um but getting a degree will serve you better you know you come out of university in three years time um, with a, yes, with that, a that's a very good point. This is not a time to be coming out of university. I do feel that generation are really hitting some of the worst, the worst uh, elements of this. Um, but um, okay, you're missing A levels, going to university, and then not getting the full experience, and then facing possibly still a recession coming out. Just finally, though, there is some talk, isn't there, that if when students do go back, it'll be the the sort of the science students, the medical students who perhaps go back first, the ones who actually need that hands-on experience in the lab, as opposed to those sitting in lecture halls, which can more easily be done online. Uh, there is some uh, rumours that uh, that could happen. I mean, universities, you know, they're like rabbits in headlights. Uh, they do want to do their best by students. But because we don't know what the world will be like come September or October, they're modelling all sorts of options. And yes, that's one option. Just like some schools are saying you bring back some years of pupils earlier than uh, all pupils, universities are saying maybe we bring back the students who need to be on campus even more than, than other students before we bring everybody back. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.